1: I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. Hey, podcast listeners, it's Randy here. And I wanted to let you guys know about something that I made for you. It's called The Badass Mom's Guide for a Happier Household, and it is an ebook that you will download and you'll be able to write in, and it's got all kinds of tips and tools and some of my favorite exercises so that you can get on the road to taking action and really creating a happier household i wanted to offer this to you because i know a lot of you are looking for resources and really struggling right now so go ahead and download my free guide it's called the badass mom's guide for a happier household and you go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash free guide that's mastermindparenting.com forward slash free guide hope you enjoy it my name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where we believe when your thoughts grow,
0: the conversations in your home flow. Well, hi, guys. Welcome to today's podcast. I have a really fun topic. Let me tell you. It's not so fun. Um, I want to talk about rape culture. Isn't that fun and light? Um I recently posted on my Facebook page, not my business page, but on my personal page, one of my friends had posted an article about 16 Candles, and, um, and it was during when all the Kavanaugh case was going on, and <clears throat> everyone had an opinion, and the name of the article was The Rape Culture of the 1980s Explained by 16 Candles. So I love all things 16 Candles. I think many of us who grew up in the 80s know that movie by heart. We saw it so many times. And, um, and the article goes on to explain um, how Jake Ryan, the dream boy of the 1980s, was also an accessory to date rape. And I just want to read y'all a few, of the, um, a few of the excerpts. But it says... Um, so it says that, that Jake Ryan was an entirely willing participant and accessory to, to date rape. The drunk girl in question is Caroline. The girlfriend to romantic hero, Jake Ryan. And if you know one thing about 16 Candles, it's that Jake Ryan is perfect. He's the impossibly cool impossibly beautiful senior guy who's dating the impossibly beautiful senior girl. And yet, as soon as Jake Ryan hears that gawky, awkward s- sophomore, Samantha, Molly Ringwald has a crush on him. He immediately begins to like her back, defying all the laws of God, man, and high school popularity. Jake Ryan's the embodiment of a fantasy so compelling it instantly made 16 candles iconic. What if the object of all your romantic high school dreams decided to pursue you without you having to expend any effort whatsoever, just because they could see that you were like deeper and more special than the rest of the school. What if that, what if they somehow saw that without you ever having to have a conversation or interact with that with them in any way. So It goes on to say, Jake's reputation as the ideal dream boy of every teenage girl's deepest fantasies has lasted for decades. Yet, Jake Ryan cold-bloodedly hands a drunk and unconscious Caroline over to another guy and says, have fun. This was so chilling to me because I was like, oh my gosh, how did I not even notice that? In 1984, you could be a perfect dream boy and also be an accessory to date rape. They were not mutually exclusive ideas. In fact, they reinforced each other. In 16 Candles, Caroline's rape is presented as her fault and as funny. In the moral universe of 16 Candles, Jake is allowed to be callous to Caroline without losing his dream boy status because 16 Candles briskly assures us Caroline is not the air quotes right kind of girl. She has breasts and she drinks. She's potentially a little bit slutty she doesn't know shit about love jake explains the only thing she cares about is partying the fact that jake casually despises his longtime girlfriend doesn't reflect poorly on him because it doesn't affect the fantasy at the heart of 16 candles what 16 candles is selling is the dream of the unattainable guy falling in love with the every girl So for the fantasy to work, Jake must prove his deep and abiding love for Sam. Ignoring and degrading Caroline is an easy shortcut to that goal because in the moral universe of 16 Candles, the more you degrade one girl, the whore, the more you can exalt the virgin. So um, anyway, they talk about Caroline getting drunk and I'm like, oh my gosh. And that's the thing is that it was really, this article really kind of scared me because I'm like this is how we don't even realize we become brainwashed and we don't even see what's right before us. And it made me think back to when I was a teenager and, um, and some of the mistakes that I made and, you know, categorizing other women. And I've even been around as a mom and heard moms of boys, talk about the little girls, like, oh my God, they're all such little sluts and things like that. When I know we're living, I have a teenage, I have, I have a, you know, a teenage son and a teenage daughter. And so, and I had a teenage son first. So I first, I heard many moms talk about the girls in that way. Now I have a teenage daughter. And what I know now, especially from her is we live in this hookup culture. And I went to a speaker a few years ago, um, I think her name. I want to give her credit. Her name's Peggy Ornstein, I think, and um, she was talking about this hookup culture and just how girls don't even realize. She she told some story about a girl that um, that identified as being a feminist, and she said, you know, she was she was a, a girl in an Ivy League college, and she said you know, I'm a feminist and I come from a long line of feminists. My mom was a feminist. My grandma was a feminist, this, that, and the other. And then um, when Peggy went to interview her, she was doing some research on this hookup culture. Um, She got from this girl that the girl would, you know, if anybody has kids listening right now, plug their ears. But um, we'll just say, she w- said, he, she openly admitted that she would perform oral sex if she went out with a guy or she came home from a, the bar with a guy, but she wasn't really interested to get rid of them, she would perform oral sex. And she would say, you know, if I don't wanna sleep with them, then that's just an easy way to get rid of them. And, um, and Peggy challenged the girl and she said, well, let me ask you this, what if that guy at, you guys were hanging out and sitting on the couch. And what if he said to you, hey, go get me a glass of water. Would you do that? She was like, uh, no, I don't work for him. She said, that's interesting. But you'll perform oral sex instead of just saying, have a nice night. I'm going to go to bed now. Goodbye. Right? And so she was just talking about how difficult this hookup culture is for our girls. And so so often we stand on ceremony and we raise our girls to be strong um, and and we think we're teaching them, you know, how to be strong and assertive and how to have self-worth and all these things. But then they find themselves in this hookup culture and it's so deeply disturbing and it can be so interwoven into our society. And that is rape culture, is all of it all of it adds up to rape culture. And I would never have even thought of the 1980s and that I was, you know, an accessory to rape culture. I remember being at parties. I remember um, girls getting blackout drunk. I remember um, not, you know, it, it, we didn't real, we just didn't realize that makes me feel so stupid. Anyway. Um, I think this is just I think this is a really important topic for us to think about and wrap our arms around. And I think it helps to kind of look back and see that 16 Candles article is so important, I think, because I think it helps us to kind of look back and realize how many of us were accessories or victims, but yet we didn't define it. You know, back in the 80s, we defined date rape as like, you know, date rape as, something that happens when you actually went on a date and you like, all of a sudden the guy that seemed like Mr. Nice Guy turns into um, a crazy rapist uh, or rape being, you know, a dark alley and a stranger and something super scary, not like, uh, you know, not this rape culture where so many females have been raped over the years. And, And so I think it's helpful to look at it um, from our own perspective so that when we talk to our kids about it, we really have a clear understanding and we really start to have these conversations, not from a preachy place, but from, um, a really productive place and, a, and, and we're not panicked and, you know, we're not panicked or scared of the conversation. And so I think, it's important to have these conversations with your girls and with your boys. So with your girls, you want to start having conversations from a younger age. And I would say, I mean, in my opinion, and I'm not an expert on this, but in my own household, I started having conversations with my daughter um, around 12 around um, just, we started opening up the conversation. We started just talking about, the ways that she dressed and ways that she wanted to present herself and um, just really like self-confidence and how you hold your body and what kind of air you give off um, just to let other people know like, the, like there is nonverbal communication that goes on and, um, and so we started having conversations and as she got older, one of the big conversations for us was I wouldn't let her have Snapchat when she was in middle school, I waited, I made her wait till high school. And so it was an ongoing conversation for us of her saying, I'm the only girl in all of my middle school who doesn't have Snapchat. Why can't I have Snapchat? When can I have Snapchat? And I would say, you know, it just doesn't feel like time yet. Why, when will it be time? And I said, you know, I don't like what what Snapchat represents. I know that a lot of kids make poor decisions and they think that they take, you know, pictures and they think those pictures are going to disappear. And then those pictures are used against them and they can be, you know, pictures like involving nudity. I'm not going to take any pictures involving nudity. I get it. But I also know you have a teenage brain. And I also know that you know, boys can be influential and, oh my gosh, that's so ridiculous, mom. I know, I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I just do not feel comfortable having you have Snapchat until you're a bit older. And I can be
1: really, really sure your brain
0: is out of place. It's developed enough that it can be, it's absolutely going to make good choices. a oh, Mom, I'm going to make good choice. I get it. I get it, but I also know you're human, and your brain is still very much developing. And I just think by high school, we'll be at a bit different stage. Anyway, this was this ongoing conversation, and we talked about it for many years. And um, and so it's almost like in little tiny small increments, I, 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 I hit it home. And, um, and really talked about her safety and how I wanted to make sure before she had access to this tool, this technology tool, I wanted to be sure she was at a place where I could make sure she was going to be kept safe, kept safe by herself and others. And, and so it was this ongoing conversation and she didn't like it and she got frustrated and it was okay. And we just kind of, we moved on. I didn't take it personally. And, um, And the other thing I wanted to say was um, as far as talking to our boys about it, you know, I've talked to my son for many years once he got to an age where he started dating. And we really always, always talked about how to treat girls and women and um, respect. And I remember he had a girlfriend. He had his first little girlfriend when he was in like ninth grade, I think, ninth or tenth grade. And they were over and, you know, I was like, the door needs to stay open and, and I'm going to come up and in and out of the, you know, of the playroom. And he's like, so ridiculous. Her parents don't even do that. And I said, I get it, but her parents are entrusting their daughter with me. And if I was sending my daughter over to another parent's household and with her boyfriend, I would want to know that they were also, you know, that they were looking out for my daughter, just like I'm looking out for, for your girlfriend. And I'm looking out for you as well. It's just, it's just not appropriate. You know, you guys are, are teenagers and you just started dating and, um, you shouldn't be having all this privacy. It's just, it's, it's not time yet. It's not time for all that. I want you guys to have fun and be friends and take it slow and, and really have a good time and go and do fun things together. And it's not like, I'm, it's not time to go booking hotel rooms. Like that's just not where we are yet. And so we talked about this and we talked about it and believe me for years, um, he didn't love it. But, um, and at, when he got to the, uh, you know, the right age, when he was in college, and especially when he was nineteen, twenty, he started having a serious girlfriend. You know, there's different levels of privacy now, and um, and and we've moved to that stage. But what I was going to say is, is it was interesting when he had a, a girlfriend. I remember when he had a girlfriend. He was a senior in high school, um, or maybe it wasn't a girlfriend, but he went out with a young woman and, uh, and she evidently got very drunk. And anyway, the next day there was some drama. I could just tell like she came over and there was hushed voices and it was just a weird, there was some, there was some kind of drama going on underneath my roof. And so I started asking him and inquiring and he just was like, you know, annoyed with her because she had gotten so drunk. So of course, like I had my feminist hat on and I'm like, "What? why, what what went on? What happened? So I find out that she had been very drunk the night before and um, like like sloppy drunk. And they had been at a graduation party and one of the parents who was at the graduation party came over and they saw how sloppy drunk she was and um, yelled at my son. And he was very embarrassed and he took her out of the party. And I said, well, what happened when you took her out of the party? And he said, well, I put her in an Uber and I sent her home. I said, what do you mean you put her in an Uber and you sent her home? And I was just like panicked. I've been raising this son all these years and he doesn't take care of this woman that he's, this young woman that he's out with. And she's, She's drunk and, you know, she's in a compromising position. And, um, and he said, no, no, no. There, so, you know, so-and-so was there and an older girl that he knew who was actually home from college. He said, so-and-so was there. They are very close family friends. So-and-so was completely sober. So I paid for the Uber and I put her in the, in the Uber with the older girl and the older girl took her home and took care of her. And I still, and I was like, okay, well that, okay. I guess I can live with that. Okay. But that, but it still sat with me like, gosh, why didn't he take care of her? Like, where's the empathy? Where's the compassion? And, um, and it was interesting because I talked to someone who I knew that had been sexually assaulted when she was a young, when she was a teenager in high school. And I told her this story and I said, you know, I just don't know if this was the right thing to do. Like, shouldn't he have taken care of her? Like, I did, is there something I need to work with him on or teach him? And she said, oh, no, no, no. That was brilliant of him. She said, you never know what's going to happen when there's drunk teenagers involved. And that was actually his way of making sure that she got taken care of appropriately and 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 was in good hands and he protected himself because you don't know yeah, as a boy you know you're the you know she's drunk who knows what's gonna happen maybe she's belligerent next thing you know she's making up accusation whatever it is um that was actually really well thought out by him and really mature and responsible and I was like oh oh, okay, because I need to commend him for that, because I kind of was worried that it meant that he was lacking empathy, and he didn't take care of her, so um, anyway, I went back, and I was like, okay, so I talked to someone, an authority on the matter, and you actually handled that situation perfectly, and he was like, of course I did, because <laughs> that's him, but, um, but I thought that that was also a good conversation to have with our boys, like, listen, you take a you know, a girl out and she gets busy drinking. Like she needs to be in the care of sober older girls. You need to make sure she is taken care of in the right way. And you need to make sure you are not alone with her because it could turn out badly for you. you never know what could happen. So make sure you get her to safety and That safety is not you taking care of her alone. That safety is to make sure there is another sober female somewhere in the mix that is there with you. It's almost like a doctor, like a male doctor, a lot of times how they'll have, you know, like their physician's assistant or their nurse in the room with them. Like always make sure there is someone else there with you because you just never know what's going to happen when they're you know when somebody's not sober so i thought that that was um i thought that was a very productive conversation and i think it's a productive conversation to have with your kids so i think it's important when it comes to rape culture I think it's important for us to be talking about these things like after i saw that peggy orenstein i went home from that talk and i talked to my daughter about it i told her about the feminist story this girl who identified as a feminist who wouldn't get up and get a guy a glass of water but she would give him oral sex to get rid of him more quickly um and um and we talked and it really segued into an interesting conversation where you know, the boys will say to the girls, especially on Snapchat, send nudes. That's what they say, send nudes, just like this entitlement of send me naked pictures. And I can't tell you how often this happens. And then the boy says, well, why did you send me naked pictures? And before you know it, I think they featured this on screenagers. And before you know it, those naked pictures are sent around to the whole school and that girl's life is ruined. So um, we got to be having these conversations, you guys. We can't be scared of them. And, um, and we can do it in a super empowering way. We can let our kids know that we believe in them and we know they have good judgment. And, um, and we are here to be their soft place to land. And this is just such an important topic. So I wanted to um, talk about it with you guys. And I hope that this helped some of you. So until next time have a great week. Bye.
1: Hey, podcast listeners, it's Randy here. And I wanted to let you guys know about something that I made for you. It's called the Badass Mom's Guide for a Happier Household. And it is an ebook that you will download and you'll be able to write in and it's got all kinds of tips and tools and some of my favorite exercises so that you can get on the road to taking action and really creating a happier household. I wanted to offer this to you because I know a lot of you are looking for resources and really struggling right now. So go ahead and download my free guide. It's called The Badass Moms Guide for a Happier Household. And you go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash free guide. That's mastermindparenting.com forward slash free guide. Hope you enjoy it.